Welcome to episode nine of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazzaroni, and my guest this week is my classmate and roommate, Will and Wilcox. Uh, Will and I talk about how every alien movie is actually about immigration, why he thinks Blackfish is a dark comedy, and the usefulness of scarves. <laughs> yep, it was that kind of interview. All right, on with the show. I have to tell you to start off with, you are, and I think I told you this before, but you're my most requested guest <laughs> for uh, for this podcast. Because uh, people uh, people in our classes consider you a bit of an enigma um, <laughs> as far as personality goes. You are a, a very unique person. Um, but <laughs> I'm so sorry you keep getting requests from me. So Why are you sorry. sorry for that? I think I that's a good thing. Oh. But uh, no, I'm I'm curious. How did you how did you end up here? Why uh, Why Harold Ramis? Because you came from Miami. You came a, a long way, or not Miami? Pardon me, Tampa. Or well, both Miami and then a little Tampa. bit of both. But uh, how would you end up here? Um, well, I was laid off from my job. I'd heard about the film school a, a year or two before uh, on a podcast, and uh, you know it seemed really interesting to me. I always have loved comedy and funny movies and Second City my entire life. Growing up watching Saturday Night Live, um, and I was laid off my job. And because the job I was working was so mentally taxing, I guess I just like never, ever had, you know, the mental energy to put into just applying for the film school. Mm -hmm. But after being laid off for six months and um, (laughs) all of a sudden you had that extra energy and time. And I'd been doing a lot of improv, you know, hanging out at home a lot. So I'm like, oh, yeah, now I can think about a creative path for myself somehow. (laughs) So I was able to do it. And they actually let me in. Yeah. So what did you what did you done before creatively? Um, writing sketch in high school, mm. uh, improv sketch in high school. Mm-hmm. What uh, like, did you actually have like a sketch program in the school, or was it part of like like? Because I don't I don't think we had any kind of sketch stuff when I was in high school. Uh. Uh, in our English classes, we were always given the option to, you know, write a paper, do mm-hmm. a video or, you know, write a sketch about whatever we were studying. Yeah. And I always wrote sketches. So for huh. there, for instead of papers, I just wrote sketches. Huh. Like what? What? How does? What does an English sketch look like? <laughs> it's like an adaptation, an adaptation okay. of whatever book we were reading into yeah. a sketch. So was it was it is equally dark as uh, as some of your <laughs> as some of your uh, standard fare has been here, Tony? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Will has a tendency to put things like knives just randomly in his uh, in his films. <laughs> right, we shot one where uh, where he's sitting in the kitchen just holding a knife and just having a normal interview conversation where he was very relaxed but holding a butcher knife that's about <laughs> four. <laughs> Like not uh, this was a good foot long knife that you had. Anyway, I'm just reflecting the world back <laughs> at itself is all. <laughs> the world has okay. knives and I have a knife. The world. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so were you doing that same style back then, or is that something that has uh, that has developed as you've uh, <laughs> as you've learned what the world is like? Uh, yeah. After working a corporate job for a few years, I started to get a lot darker. Honestly, <laughs> that's yeah, that's mostly where it came from. What was the job that you were working? I worked um, in collections and compliance and quality assurance for Capital One. Mm-hmm. 
and then admissions and student services, academic advising, as well as uh, Registrar and Human Resources for two online for-profit schools, mm -hmm. and then with MetLife Long-Term Care after mm -hmm. that, and then laid off. So a lot of the, the standard business world yeah, that you were yeah. in before this. Mm -hmm. and was it just bouncing around because that's, that's where the job was, or was it stuff that you wanted to do? Um, because it was where the job was mostly. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd had an interest in, you know, a career in academics mm -hmm. for some time, but, um, being laid off will really sidetrack you from what you think yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Kind of had to, well, it, or it mainlines you directly yeah. into what you yeah. wanted to do. There is, yeah, that's <laughs> Depen that's Depending it. on your perspective of things. The, yeah. Like doing something like this always kind of felt like a fantasy mm -hmm. to me and just having a job and doing improv on the side felt more realistic, but mm -hmm. you get laid off and your fantasy somehow becomes your reality, which is cool. It's, it was that, that, uh, um, more than light push that you needed to, yeah, yeah. To move on to the next <laughs> a thing. Very painful push. <laughs> what was your, uh, what was your submission piece? Was it a sketch that you wrote or? Um, <laughs> my submission piece was, um, about all of these suicide fantasies I had while working corporate jobs. <laughs> Was it a wait? Was it a video or a sketch or what? Uh, it was uh, just a letter I wrote. Uh, that was my <laughs> essay. That's what my essay was about. Um, my entrance video was just me kind of parodying a porn interview. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sense of humor we're working with on a regular basis. <laughs> it was me. The video was me taking my clothes off slowly while I answered just regular interview questions. <laughs> why I wanted to go to Second City. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's right up there with the uh with the the pulling the um the the uh, long train of what were they scarves or mm -hmm. no, yeah out of uh, so it did a video where the same one actually with the knife interview one, <laughs> where he's he unzips his fly and pulls out just a series uh like a magician of just <laughs> Scarf after scarf, all tied together while singing a song. <laughs> I did that for my entrance video as well. That was like when I started <laughs> to take my pants off, the scarf came out <laughs> at the end. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, well, what have you found most useful since you've been in the program so far? Because we're now we're approaching end of term one. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, I think, a month left, like four classes. Yeah, four classes left. Um, what uh, What have you taken away that's been most helpful so far? Probably improv as a way to find discoveries in scenes mm -hmm. with your actors. I haven't gotten the chance to really utilize it as a tool just because I, we don't really have that much time to rehearse with the actors yeah. that we have when we have them. But it seems like something I could definitely use in the future if mm -hmm. you know I had some rehearsal time. That seems like a really great tool. Yeah, we used to do uh, table reads for uh, all of our 72 Fest films because that was when we had enough time to, to actually sit down and do one. And they're always helpful. Just mm -hmm. hearing hearing it come out of people's mouths, uh, you know, as opposed to just bouncing back and forth in your head is right. always right. always a little more helpful. Um, is there any, uh, any class that you're particularly uh, enjoying out of ours so far? I'm going to say it is a three-way tie. <laughs> Out of six classes, <laughs> so half of classes are all the top. <laughs> Between improv, comedic lit, 
and um, comedic films. Okay. Yeah. Fan of. I can't fan not of choose a, a class where we watch funny movies. Yeah. All, all day. And we watched. Uh, um, what was this mo- this week? This week was. Uh, oh. Um, Annie Hall, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd never actually seen Annie Hall all the way through before. Oh, wow. I'd only wow. ever seen Bits and Pieces, which is weird because it is, it's, I mean, it's assembled in Bits and Pieces, but it has more of a context when you when you watch it straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what kind of... these do. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but what uh, what kind of uh, uh, comedic stuff are you into? What's your... What are you, what are you drawing from when you're when you're creating this weird stuff? <laughs> what is your uh, what is your your source material? Um, I guess usually some type of pain, uh, predominantly um, anxiety, fear of death. <laughs> so you're um, you're going for for the uh, for the mental mental end of it. I was thinking other comedy stuff you're into. Uh. Oh, oh! I mean, you know, I I love clowning. I took I definitely love clowning. I took a a clowning class in college. Really? Yeah, that was really great. Like juggling, rollabola, um, unicycle, tightrope walking. Wait, what was the second one? Roll rollabola. What is that? Rollabola is that thing you see clowns do where they'll have a like a barrel, a small barrel or something, and they'll put a plank of wood over it and mm-hmm. they balance on it. Oh, like um. Uh, there there was a craze of like a exercise thing that was like that for yeah, a little bit. That uh, thing is based off roll. That is exactly what roll yeah. is. They just turned it into a workout. Huh. Interesting. So you did that. At, uh, at how did what school offered clowning? <laughs> <laughs> I was a theater major. We, we're, a theater we're, major. In, we're in comedy film school, and there's no clowning workshop. <laughs> I, was so. a, I was a theater major in college, and there was okay. a circus skills class. So I at one point take. in time, you were trying to go towards like theater as a thing. Yeah, and <laughs> going towards theater as a thing is what kind of um, made me think I couldn't do theater oh, as really? a thing. Because <laughs> it was... It just wasn't um, fun in the way I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I did improv all four years because it was part of my degree. But even then, it just didn't seem fun. Improv didn't get really fun until, um, honestly, I got out of college. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, grew up a little bit, got out of my head mm-hmm. and more into what I was doing. And then improv started to become fun. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, short form, long form, little combo? Uh, combo, but mostly short form. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f- I found a lot of other cities are, are very short form based. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like DC uh, was a little odd that they were m- way more long form. Like there was some, there was some short short form. There was comedy sports, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. Every other place was was way more long form, which is more like uh, more like Chicago, New York, LA, the the, the big ones. But uh, but anyway. Interesting. Long form is is a lot more fun because I tend to be a slower improviser. Mm-hmm. I like to work more slowly. This so the, you the, your voice form. your voice that the audience is hearing right now is very much your improv voice. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very slow and deliberate. Yeah, yeah. And knowing exactly what you're delivering and very dry. <laughs> like you giggle like this all the time when we're talking, and yet you you will do an improv scene and just be the driest person <laughs> through the entire scene. I don't get how you keep a straight face. Thank you, thank you. I channel Tignataro. Okay, eighty percent of the time. You're a big Tignataro fan because I know you all, you're always rocking the uh, the live shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you seen her live ever before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What yes. Uh, what tour? Um, her most recent one. Okay. Um, in 
I think June, June okay. of June or July of 2017 when mm-hmm. she came to Tampa. Well, um, what uh, so what uh, so taking Tara is a big a big uh, influence for you. Who else? What's your who are your guys um, or girls? Uh, <laughs> I also like Kyle Dunnigan. Okay. Um, David Huntsberger. All three of them were on a podcast together. Professor Blastoff, mm, which I know you're a big fan of. Mm-hmm, Professor Blastoff. Mm-hmm. Another T-shirt I wear a lot. Um, Will has created basically his own standing desk. So uh, you and I are roommates. Will Will's created a, a standing desk here in, in the uh, downstairs of the house. That's uh, uh, basically a shelf that he put, keeps his laptop on, and he sits there with the with headphones on and just listens to podcasts. So I'll be like sitting on the couch, either watching something or or uh, working on something, uh, and he just breaks out giggling like <laughs> <laughs> just like that. <laughs> and I have to go. Wait, is that something that I'm watching or doing, <laughs> or is he listening to Professor Blastoff? <laughs> okay, so. Now, sometimes um, when you hear me laugh, I'm also listening to a song of ice and fire, which (laughs) is desperately funny to me after having (laughs) read it so many times and getting to listen to it. I mean, some of those lines are so funny. Is it somebody that's doing like the affectations on the voices and everything for each character? Yes. Yes. And just the worship of gods that don't really exist, (laughs) that don't benefit you at all is very funny because it's so real. So truthful. <laughs> uh, you're just you're just uh, a ball of joy. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. But uh, uh, so I know. Um, all right, so you talked about stand ups. What, what kind of TV and movies and stuff are, are you into? What's your what's your uh, top stuff there? Uh, TV, Seinfeld for sure. Yeah, curb your enthusiasm. Um, it's always sunny. Mm-hmm. Buffy, Xena, obviously. Power Rangers, um, what else? What else? Movies wise, I like a lot of dark comedies. Mm-hmm. I like, like a lot death of Death to Smoochie and that sort of thing. Yes, or yes, yeah. love Death Death to Smoochie. Um, I think Blackfish is really a dark comedy if you watch <laughs> it the right way. You have a few theories about some <laughs> some movies that you think are are dark comedies that are not dark comedies. <laughs> they are though. Blackfish is a documentary, <laughs> but it's also a dark comedy because they are keeping this hyper intelligent animal as a slave, and it keeps killing people. And they and they want it around, like they won't let it be. Like they continue to keep it around people, and it keeps in turn killing people. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take your word for it. What else? What else? <laughs> what other? What other dark comedies that are not dark comedies of you? Uh, have you stumbled upon Gone Girl, which right. I talk about often? You've in talked class, about that one, and no one, no one is like listening to me when I say it. But I, I will admit there are parts of Gone Girl where I laughed out loud, right? Because right. it was it was so aggressively bad in a few parts. What? That's not why I'm laughing. But if you read the book, it's even funnier. Yeah. Certain lines just kill me. Danish. A what is the line? Uh, Danish, a pastry that seems stale upon arrival. That's a line in the book. Yeah. That sounds like a stand up line to me. That's so funny. That's so that's funny. Assembled that line. <laughs> that's like uh, so we, we've been reading um, uh, Confederacy, Confederacy of Dunces and. I a couple times I've gone back and like googled like quotes from the book because I I don't I don't retain them and seemingly divorced from the book I like the quotes better than in the book mm-hmm. like I'm able to kind of digest them versus 
it's just so much coming at you the whole time when you're reading it uh, um, in the like in the terms of the actual parlance of the book um i just they just fly by me but there's i mean he's got some great lines in there it's it is uh one of our teachers put it uh, uh it's the book about nothing it's it's the <laughs> you know seinfeldian uh uh text to a certain degree Very uh, where so. no character has really much redeeming value <laughs> not at all and the story doesn't go anywhere i haven't finished it yet i need to do that it's good it's yeah. worth it yeah it's totally worth it i know you're excited for the end mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um so what are you uh what are you hoping to do after this? Where are you trying to take uh Second City? Where is this what's what's the next step for you? Oh geez, that's a real question. That's a loaded question, I know. Um it's a scary question. I don't know. A job in comedy somehow, mm-hmm. maybe a writing job. Somewhere? What would you what would you want to write for? I wanna write for Tina Fey. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna write for Tina Fey so badly. That would be that would probably I would probably die if I got a job writing for Tina Fey. Well, don't do that because you so would have just gotten the job. Well, so. I mean, you know, I I want to go out on a high note, so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> so you might as well. Okay. Yeah, be perfect for me. Uh, any specific show that you'd want to? Well, she, I don't. Need, so she's doing yeah, Lady Dynamite was hers. That one just got canceled. I think she was working on Lady Dynamite. I, I didn't know remember. about that. I, I thought, thought that was, was all Maria. No, I'm think I'm mixing it up with um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is she working on right now? Great news she had, which I'm not sure if it's going to be renewed yet or not. What was that one? Great news was on M- is on NBC. It's the one set in a newsroom with Nicole Richie and Horatio Sands. I had uh, completely missed this one. I I keep on missing like network TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it just I don't know. Ever since Community and and 30 rock and and the office went off the air uh, i just haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to, to network comedy they kept moving around the time slot too yeah to intentionally make it hard to find i think <laughs> yeah they do that i hate when they when they shift stuff around um the chris gethard joe moved mm-hmm. from uh, and that's not even network that's that's uh true tv but they they had it on thursdays which was great and then this this year they switched it over to tuesdays randomly mm-hmm. and i'm annoyed because there's a, there's a, a, an improv show here in in chicago that i want to go to every tuesday night like at the same time that chris gethard shows on um that would that would be an interesting show i think to work on too because mm-hmm. uh, sure. that's that's very much a. I feel like everyone in their writer's writer's room is a little bit sadistic yes yes <laughs> yes 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 especially chris especially yeah. chris because you have to be able to just kind of like repeatedly poke the badger type mm-hmm. <laughs> try and try and uh um, mess with people a little bit more mm-hmm. but um so uh so yeah so you'd like to be able to to write um i know you've, d- you've done some performance stuff though too is that would you want to be on camera for for anything or i would be if it was something that i that i felt like i could translate well you mm-hmm. know something that i didn't feel like i was doing too much work to present i'm like kind of a lazy performer i just kind of want to do it as simply as possible so if there was something i could just be deadpan most of the time that would probably be ideal you just need a character written for you you just need you need to write write a series and just be the character in it that's like (laughs) that's what um they did for uh for the office because uh two of the main characters that were also on the writer's staff Mm -hmm um and so they they just basically wrote themselves into the 
uh, into the show mm-hmm. as these odd characters. I seem to recall. Um, now I'm forgetting what the characters' names were. Uh, was it Kevin? Yeah, Kevin Malone. Yeah, uh, Brian Baumgartner, that guy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 He. Uh, so he was one of the writers, and I. Th- I seem to recall hearing that he did. He was in for a lot of the casting sessions, or some of the casting sessions, and uh, they could never really find somebody that did it. But they were just. They just kept on going to him and be like, "Your your <laughs> affectation that you do in like our read throughs is really funny. Why don't you just play it?" Nice. <laughs> nice. Because it was him and uh, uh, Phyllis Vance. Uh, uh, was was played by Phyllis Smith, uh, who were both writers for the for the series, which is kind of crazy to me. But I'd love to do something like that, to be on the show and and uh, and writing as well. But I, I don't know. I'm not an actor. I'm not a writer. <laughs> You're not an actor. I've seen you in improv. You are a very talented improviser. So. I'm I'm not I'm not now. <laughs> I break way too easily. That's that's my big problem. That's all right. That's okay. That's not all right. You I need mean, to be able to know, hold it. Well, you know, I gotta get. I gotta get your. I gotta get your like retention of like seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I have to find that deadpan because you make me die laughing every time you go do a scene. What was the one with? Um, uh, we had uh, Matt Hufty, uh, uh come in and, and teach a, a class like a couple weeks ago, and he was he was pushing you a little bit because you were you were going uh, um, more. Uh, kind of silly with with the lines and he was trying to get us to do like super grounded scenes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like uh trying to remember some of the some of the things you said you like walked into a scene and like i think there were aliens in the scene by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so like yeah this is normal like this is my normal life now <laughs> there are aliens all around me i well i mean you know don't we all kind of feel like that sometimes that we're surrounded by aliens or that we are the alien I'm just saying it out loud. I'm sure everybody feels we that are way. the only. I, I can't guess that be is the only one. That's that outsider like that. perspective. The the uh, um, the outcast type feel. Yeah, I guess I could see that. That would be an interesting thing to play is to play the the alien outcast, like somebody mm-hmm. who's posing a, as a as like a kid, and who's actually just an outcast, but it's because he's an alien. I guess they sort of did that with Invader Zim. Well, I think that's what all those movies are really meant to represent. You know. What what all what movies? Alien movies, you know, are really meant to represent either loneliness in the universe mm-hmm. or the feeling of being an outsider and not accepted. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess I could see that. It's all a metaphor for you know um, immigration, usually. <laughs> Wait, explain that one. <laughs> I mean, um, you just tied you just tied alien movies to immigration. <laughs> look at. Um, what was that thing called with the shrimp people set uh, in New Zealand? With the shrimp people? Yeah. Was it not the lobster? Mm-mm. No, that wasn't New Zealand. Um, District 9. District 9's about immigration. Oh, that's not New Zealand. That's South Africa. Oh, South Africa. Same I think accent. it's South Africa. I think I'm pretty sure it was South they Africa. They all look alike to me. They do sound the same. Like every, every time I hear people from New Zealand, like um, uh, DeAntwert sounds like. Like they could sound like they're from New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, okay. So, District Nine, you you say is is I guess for immigration. All right, that one is, but that's that's more of a direct correlation because that's what that story is about. But mm-hmm. you're going to tell me that um, that the movie Alien is about immigration? <laughs> uh, no, I think Alien's <laughs> about someone with daddy issues and. <laughs> 
very Freudian. It's all about, you know, a fear of the patriarchy, but also an obsession with the patriarchy. It's very interesting because that alien's just a big dick. The whole, like, you know, literally and figuratively, it's just a large <laughs> phallus that harms people constantly. I mean, that's that's what it's about. This is such an interesting perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it's super Freudian, but... I mean that's literally what it is. What all right, give me another movie that that is that is like that you have an a offbeat interpret I don't know if you know that notice that it's an offbeat interpretation of what it means, but <laughs> I don't think it's offbeat at all. Um hmm. Like is this all all serious movies mean something else? Is yeah. yeah. Psychological interpretation of art. Okay. Yeah. Do you I take a psych course for this or or is this just personal? I mean, I've taken psychology classes in mm-hmm. the past, but I, I mean, if you make an alien that looks like a big penis <laughs> and it's causing people harm, that implies though that it w- that it was written based on the on the character, like based on the on the uh, art. But the art, the artistic design, mm-hmm. like that, that implies that it influenced it the other way around. Like mm-hmm. the artistic design somehow influ- influenced the writing. But it would be would have been done in the reverse order. You would have had the writing first, and so the artistic design was pulled from that. Mm-hmm. True, true. So that would be interesting. If I wonder how how that one came to be, because there are movies out there that are like written from a, a standpoint of some imagery or something like that. Because I know for uh, so we had to put together that lookbook for um, for cats class for our uh comedic storytelling class uh and i know i it changed my story when i started like looking for images uh as as like source material but Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily have like an alien (laughs) trying (laughs) to pull from to put that into it but what's your uh what's what's the story that you're writing for for that class um so if you're willing to share oh yeah yeah i'll share um i'm writing a story about a model who is aging slash has aged out of modeling Mm -hmm. and is wanting to break into film but is having trouble doing so because she has a reputation for being um you know very independent not kneeling to the status quo Mm -hmm. very easily and um in order to sorry yeah in order to break into film she goes to an occult bookstore um, finds out that she is a slave reincarnated mm-hmm. and the person who uh, killed her back in um, 1695 I think during the Salem witch trial she was burned at the stake the man who burned her at the stake is her husband reincarnated so she has to kill her husband and eat his heart to gain her powers back which she will use to break into film. So I want you to psychoanalyze your own, your own film here. What is this an <laughs> allegory for? Oh, uh, killing the patriarchy. Killing the patriarchy. That's Quite all literally. it's about. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> Yours is a literal interpretation of mm-hmm. what you need to create. And everything I write, the patriarchy is either uh, dead already or going to die. So what, <laughs> so what triggered this? Like, where, where did that come from? Was there something that you read or something that you were watching that some like cause I feel like most of my ideas that I've gotten have been like there's been some sort of trigger point, like mm-hmm. something I watched. And I was like, what if it, if you spun it this way or turned it around and looked mm-hmm. at it that way or if something else happened? Like, is there is there a, 
uh, a uh, ground zero point for when that for where that idea came from? Probably a lifetime of being a victim of the status quo by being a black man in America. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it to you. <laughs> that'll definitely do it to you. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> and on that dark note. <laughs> and then, you know, also shows like Xena mm. and Buffy. Xena, it's all about battling the patriarchy and denying the status quo. Yeah. Denying what the status quo says about you and making your own way. Those shows are really influential to me, so... Yeah, I cannot I'm wait sure to see I'm where you're going with this. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just reflecting art. I'm art reflecting art is all. Yeah. Which is, uh, I feel like, more common nowadays. Like, the meta humor is its own thing. Uh, being able to kind of point at yourself and, and laugh is, is, I think, more popular now than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just being able to kind of, like, make fun of the thing that you're in while you're in it mm-hmm. uh, is super useful. Well, awesome. Well, any final thoughts for anyone um, who was maybe considering a program like this one or specifically the Harold Ramis Film School? Any thoughts or advice? If you are... If you think you're funny and other people think you're weird, Mm -hmm. come to (laughs) the Harold Ramis Film School because uh, they will not deny you... um, and it's a great place to let your subconscious mind run free mm-hmm. and put it all out on the page <laughs> and hopefully try to, you know, make the world reflect your art instead of, you know, your art reflecting the world back at itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, that uh, people can find you if they want to find you on social media and uh, and get more of this experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If anyone wants uh, to find me on Facebook, I'm just Will in Wilcox, W-I-L-N, period, Wilcox. All right. After Janie Wilcox, who is in turn, you know, a reflection of um, Lily Bart from the House of Mirth and Emma Bovary from Madame Bovary, man. We're all reflections of each other. I wish I had the literary context to, <laughs> 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 to have that discussion with you. Read I these do books not are have so that. good. They're so, so uh, good. They're the uh, best. <laughs> It's, I've got enough stuff to read already. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Tony. I've been hurting besides that was Will in Wilcox. Thank you to Will and to the Harold Ramis Film School and Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was Maybe That's What's Wrong by Derek Every. Check out more of Derek's music on DerekEvery.com. That's D-E-R-E-K-E-V-R-Y.com. This show was recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazzaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, that's always helpful, too. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. Filmstudentpod.com has now launched. You can see more of my work, including Craigslist Inc. and uh, my newest video, Animoji. Check it out. It's fun. All right. We'll see you all next week. Class dismissed. Maybe that's what's wrong.